Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the pop culture. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slapping, blood pumping, nuclear brain damage. And the love. Casey, could you please play Waiting for a Girl Like You? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, we return with another episode of 80s News Now. Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention. With me as always, he's chosen his own reindeer name, and it's simply Blitzed. Times pop music critic Sean Daly. That's right, my friend. This is our uh, our Christmas show, for lack of a better <laughs> word, correct? It's a Christmas edition of 80s News now. It's Kwanzaa, too. You know, we, uh, we're, we're up against it. It's been very, very uh, uh, busy here at TampaBay.com and the CP Times. And uh, ever since your illustrious Steve Perry uh, interview, we haven't had a lot of time to get back in the studio. But we wanted to give you something, a little something. You know, a little something for the holidays. Yeah, I really feel bad about letting people down. No Thanksgiving show this year. <laughs> we could have done, like, best turkeys of the 80s. Oh, now you're inspired. I know. Yeah. Next year. Next year. We're, we're not both going to be around next year. <laughs> I know. And it'll be because of the turkey. One, 2012 takes one of us down. Yeah. Everyone's betting on you, but, like, the twist is that it's me. No, I think it's going to be me. One I, of I, us gets shot as soon as by I see a paramour. <laughs> I got a couple ideas who they're going to be too. <laughs> I, I've 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 developed this new sense of uh, what's it, calm after the Steve Perry interview. Where like if it all ends tomorrow, I'm okay with that. Really? Sort of. But you have been in a different frame of mind. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say you're jocular, <laughs> <laughs> but you are a little less tortured, a little less Eeyore. You're more like Tigger now. I'm not Even quite Rue. What's what's the piglet? I'm piglet. <laughs> what's the piglet? His name would be piglet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, we bring you an eighties news now. Do not groan out there, haters. For many of you enjoy this series that we uh we put out there, correct? And this is a slam bang one. It's good. Yeah. It's good stuff on this sure, eighties. Sure, you want to get started? Yeah, let's do it. What not why not? Let's Ooh, do it. Ah. You can dance for inspiration, but it seems the NFL can't do anything in the inspiration department because they have booked Madonna Ooh. as the halftime entertainment for this year's Super Bowl. That's right. A 53-year-old tabloid muckraking target gets to sing for millions of people. Sean Daly, is this a halftime show that you're going to watch? No, I say. Negatory. Um, no, nah, I was really bummed by this. And I'll tell you what. The response to Madonna getting picked to do the Super Bowl this year was like welcomed with a collective wheeze, a sigh. Uh, eh, seriously. Like every year it's like, ladies and gentlemen, the Black Eyed Peas. And even they generated a t horrible pick, the Black Eyed Peas, to the Super Bowl. And it was a really bad halftime show. But like at least people debated that. Madonna, who used to be a controversy magnet and quite good 
at, at you know at stirring up some controversy. It was greeted with a uh, yeah. What it really was. I mean, usually that's a big announcement. Springsteen, Prince, Tom Petty, even uh, you know Aerosmith and Britney, stuff like that. But with the Madonna thing, it was almost I was embarrassed for her. Yeah, maybe ten like, years. No ago. one cared. Yeah, you know, I came into work. You know, I'm the music critic here. And I was anticipating somebody saying, hey, you know, you're going to do a uh, column on this or an editor asking me to do something. Nobody. And then I turned to you. I'm like, what are we doing? You're like, oh, we'll do like a little thing, a little blurb. Like no one gave a crap about that. And you know what will happen? I mean, NFL is an extremely smart enterprise, okay? Do they have the best taste in music? No. But the NFL is very, very good at what it does. So they have Cirque du Soleil, so she'll like hang naked from a trapeze or something yeah. desperate. <laughs> but what they'll also bring in... And we were talking about this, and we'll, we'll, we'll elaborate a bit. Is they'll probably bring in a Lady Gaga. They'll probably bring in a special guest who will oh. show up on stage with her. That's not now, a bad idea. When we were talking about Madonna, and we were both we're both kind of on the same page. We were very underwhelmed. Of course, you're famous for not uh, enjoying Madonna at all. But uh, I said, oh, you know, anyone you you ask, save for like you know Springsteen, they asked him for years and he didn't do it. But pretty much anyone you ask to do the Super Bowl is probably going to do it. And I said, well, why don't they go out and get just a Gaga straight and a Taylor Swift? And Steve Spears, you made a very, very interesting point. And you said... The whole point of a Super Bowl show is to get someone who's underexposed, not overexposed. Has almost an aura yeah. of unavailability right. to them. When was the last time you saw... I mean, most people... I mean, Tom Petty doesn't do TV performances. Right. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen doesn't do it. The Who doesn't do it. Um, Black Eyed Peas, yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, that's a bit of fun. But, but for the most part, what you want in a Super Bowl is you want to see someone you haven't seen in a while. Or someone who, it could be fresh. I mean, um, Adele. Yeah. Would have, I mean, she can't carry a stadium, but I would yeah, say, but really I would say she's thing, underexposed. Right. But the whole point of Madonna is, so you're is saying overexposed. We, we see, and we see uh, Taylor Swift and Gaga God, all the time. All the time. Way the too time. much. Yes, they're popular, but they're overexposed. I I mean, we're going to see a lot of 80s artists for the next few years because we're right in the we're, wheelhouse we're the, yeah, the of demographic. what the NFL wants. Yeah. But so, so my question to you is, who from the 80s would make a better halftime performer than Madonna? Well, I'll give you total credit for it. And it was brilliant. And it makes great business sense. Van Halen. You suggested Van Halen. Uh, the boys are uh, coming out with an album this year. I think it's already in the can. The original lineup, DLR. Oh, maybe save for Michael Anthony, right? right, right. Wolfie is the basis now. But you got DLR, you got Eddie, you got Alex. They have an album coming out. They can A little wheezy, I'll say there, but Van Halen, for our Democrat, can still generate oh re- a lot of excitement. These guys show up. You know, DLR can't really do the, the split. No, that's okay. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, that's a reason to stay sober until halftime. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason for me to watch halftime with Madonna there. No I one won't. is going to be excited. Madonna's. Oh, God. I'm just going to. Madonna's like so like, I don't know if it's too thin she's, or what. She's creepy. Skeletor. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like. Yeah, she's a- I, I, you know, I'm aging rapidly as well, but there's a lot of people who hit 50, 60 or still. Madonna's looking very severe. Cronish, even. Well, if, if you want to take away the looks out of it, the whole point is she's overexposed and not in a good way. Nobody writes anything good about her anymore. All she does is really weird, twisted crap. Like, uh, uh, here's my prediction, ready? She'll do Ray of Light, and somehow there'll be like a thousand rays of light, or everybody will have who, who's in the stadium, I guess it's Indianapolis this year, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll have like uh, a mirror, know, like, like a no, mirror. or some little, 
like a little, little laser thing. Oh, look, rays of light. You know who they should have got? Maybe you suggested this as well. And, again, it makes great business sense, and it's topical, is the original lineup of Guns N' Roses. Didn't you suggest that? Yeah. And Axl Rose, uh, Bill Bailey, a.k.a. Bill Bailey, his original name, is from Indiana. Yeah, why not? So you could have had them. Here they are getting into, uh, you know, uh, which, yeah, we won't we part yet, but that's going to be our next thing we talk about. But, yeah, Madonna was just like a collective. You know what? I'm going to go as far as to say this. I bet she wasn't their first pick. <gasps> really? Who was yeah. her first pick? I might have been Guns N' Roses. Great. For or, Super Bowl. Like, oh, you know what? I love it. I, and I, if, if I'm a band, you know, and I, I still have a positive self-image of myself, you know, there might be a situation where I would tell the NFL to go go f themselves. Well, Springsteen did, and the Who. I mean, the iconic Duran Duran. I would. I, I think Duran Duran would make a great halftime performer. But I wouldn't be shocked if they said, "You know what? Not our gig." Yeah. yeah. You know, nah. I don't really. You know, I just don't think anybody. Respectfully, no thanks. You know, there was a time when Madonna was the very best, number one with a bullet, the very best person in pop culture at getting us to think, "What's she going to do next?" Oh my gosh, this is going to be oh that Madonna. What what's gonna happen? But not, now it's no, like no, not anymore. Eh. Not anymore. So anyway, well, there's a lot of uh, topics in the Super Bowl that's that's kind of uh, I don't know crossing over into our next topic. Why don't we give it to him? The so-called Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has disgraced itself again. Kong. <laughs> The Cleveland Institution, which merely seems to be a puppet of bad guy Jan Wenner of Rolling Stone, has announced its 2012 class of inductees. 80s bands that got in, Guns N' Roses and the Beastie Boys. 80s bands that were nominated but not elected, The Cure, Joan Jett, Hart, Sean Daly. Proceed with your predictable <laughs> defense of the Gunners while I silently mock you. Your back. You don't even mock me. You mock me to my stomach. My turn around. Turn around. <laughs> um, yes, Guns N' Roses absolutely belong in the Hall of Fame. However, however, as I write, I, I you know I we have a I, I wrote a column on this. Um, you know I, I put Duran Duran in. I would put Journey in. I mean, of course, Duran Duran, Journey, Rush, Chicago, Heart. Um, no Heart. Heart, you know, Heart was nominated this year, but didn't get in. I mean, I, I I wouldn't put Heart in. I'd put Kiss in, um, but I, I, I don't know if I'd put Heart. I'm just not a Heart fan. But the Red Hot Chili Peppers got in this year, and you know how I feel about them. I, I absolutely, positively have no business being no, within the zip code not of the Rock before, and Roll Hall of Fame. Not before Journey. Beastie Boys, yeah, look, Beastie Boys taken, you know, these goofy white guys took an urban art form and they took it to a, a really cool, creative level. Absolutely. Revolutionaries. Guns N' Roses, the last great, dangerous rock band out there. I know you kind of, you, do you hate Guns N' Roses altogether? You know what it is? I, I think they become cartoons. I think they had one great album. They did have one great album, yeah. which is arguably one of the you know fifty yeah. greatest hard rock albums of all time. But is that good enough to get you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I think they have an aura about them. I think sometimes an aura gets you in, and there's something about all those components. Axel's probably one of the most dynamic frontmen of all time. Slash, I mean, I love. I always make the joke I'm a suburban dirtball, but I love Guns and Roses. So I, th I, they were larger than life, and I say, yeah, put them in. And will the induction ceremony now? I'm telling you, Axel could throw an entire bucket of water on this, and he probably will on April 14th when they're inducted into, uh, you know, in the in the Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Um, because I mean, Axel sat on album for 17 years. 
He said on Chinese democracy for all that time, all this pressure. And, you know, so them getting together again and playing at the Hall of Fame, I I probably won't happen. People want it to. The more I think about it, we've had a couple days to think about it, the more I'm sure it will not happen. I'll bet you anything that they agreed to show up, but... I mean, it's, 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 there's a couple of ham-handed jokes at each other, like, yeah. oh, Slash, still wearing a stupid hat, huh? Oh, Axel, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, but then that's about gonna it. Be there. I bet Slash. they're going to they're they're insult each other, and they're going to get off the podium, and that's going to be it. And everyone's going to be standing around, hoping that they take to the stage, yeah, and it's not going to happen. No, I, I mean, they're just, they're, they are cartoons. You know, and Axel might not have any respect for the Hall of Fame either. But do they belong to, if, if you're talking about the way the Hall of Fame has set this up, do they belong in there? Yes, they do. Um, I mean, I'll let you make the argument for the cure. Obviously, I'm not a cure fan at all, but I'm sure there's. How can you the, not be? There's, there's a, I've been wondering the, about the, this. The, I, I hate to stop you on this, but there, you do take a predictable line where you don't like the cure, you don't like the Smiths. I'm guessing you probably don't like Depeche Mode much either. I don't mind Depeche. Is there Mode. something about what is it about that kind of that the little, new romantic movement? The yeah, new romantic. I mean, I mean, I, you know, the Cure probably belongs in because they weren't they the um, I mean the leaders of the new romantic movement, right? Uh, I mean, Extremely to, influential. Duran Duran would be in that movement as well. Mm. The, the trouble that I think what holds Duran Duran back is that they get they get the bad rep for being the, the pretty boys. Yeah, and they were like at a time on MTV where it was ve- you know very visual. Even though the 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 songs were fantastic, they were a real. They took advantage of that visual medium. Where they were pretty and the, these laddies and stuff like that, but I mean they've been around for a long time now, and they just did an album with Mark Ronson was great. Yeah, does jo- I love Joan Jett? Love Joan Jett. Does she belong in the Hall of Fame? No, uh, you I, know maybe I, put the Runaways in there. I don't know. The Runaways are so overrated. Runaways slash Joan Jett because no, they did it with no. the faces and small faces here. I really, I don't, I do not get the appeal of the Runaways. I never have. But that movie was even bad. Yeah, I mean no, I mean Joan Jett. But you know what? The Hall has traditionally kind of turned its uh, back on women nominees. I mean, this year there are a lot of women nominees. If you're a girl group from Motown from the 60s, you're going to get, get in. in. But if you're yeah. anything else, forget you know, forget about it. You Let's- know I like to goose your tuchus on this, Steve. Yeah. You know, call me Michigas. <laughs> but no, I, I believe the journey should be in. Uh, absolutely, journey should be in. You know, over. I mean, the Red Hot Chili Peppers get in before Rush. I just don't get it. But again, that's Jan Wenner and these elitists, these Rolling Stone elitists. You know, Rolling Stone hated Led Zeppelin. Rolling Stone didn't like Ze- Led Zeppelin for the longest time. Yeah. You know? And now they're all wearing knee pads for Robert Plant. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, the whole institution, but it's a good debate. You know, it's a good debate. I've been out there. It's perfectly nice. It's a cool museum. I, I read somewhere that even the director of the hall said that uh, Rush should be in there. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. Somebody hates Rush. I get that maybe I could see why someone wouldn't like Kiss. See, I think Kiss should totally been there. Yeah, I know, Kiss, but, I, but I get as it. As far I, as I like, it. you know, I mean, look at you know, you can you can take be really wonky and musicy about it, and look about what they bridge. Like Guns N' Roses took the hair metal of the '80s, which gets no love at all, and it probably shouldn't. I guess Motley Crue will get in one day, but um, hair metal of the '80s and links it to the grunge of the '90s. You know, larger than life, like. Uh, but like you know, Rush is so huge. Like the the prog rock kings. Yeah, the prog rock gets no love whatsoever, yeah, no. except for maybe Floyd. Floyd's in, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway. um, yeah, I don't I don't get a lot of that stuff. No, I don't get a lot. You know, of that and stuff. and that's why they call it the whole lame. 
Oh. You know? You're and furious. maybe maybe this will be the last time we ever talk about it. You're furious. But we have something else to debate. Are you ready? <gasps> yes. It's that time of year again when the TV channels have been taken over by commercials for jewelry and holiday movie marathons. On Christmas Eve, we will get 24 hours of a Christmas story. Meanwhile, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation seems to be playing on some network any given hour of any given day. So, Sean Daly, which 80s movies out there are not getting enough love this time of season? You know, I love the offbeat 80s movies. Like, you don't think of them as... um Christmas movies, you know, but they they they're based they they happen. Example, please. Lethal Weapon. Ah. Love that as a Christmas movie. Love that. I'll, die Hard. I'll raise. I'll take yes. your Die Hard. I'll raise you. Better off dead. Yes, that's true. Very snowy. The whole yeah. Trading places. You could almost argue that's a New Year's movie as well. Yes. It's one of the few that bridges it. It's it's like GNR. It bridges. You're ripping on my 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 bridge. I, I'm going to tell you right now. Here's my favorite movie that does not get enough love on TV this time yeah. of year. Gremlins. My kids love the Gremlins. We have it on Blu-ray. Bright light. Bright light. <laughs> the scene. Go ready, ready. Bye, Billy. Is that creepy? Bye, Billy. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Say 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 a Gremlin line. <laughs> say something that's not a line in the Gremlin voice. <laughs> Hey, baby. <laughs> What's your number? <laughs> That's cute. Uh, My favorite scene from uh, in, Gremlins. In college, I had a mustache. <laughs> uh, uh, my favorite scene from Gremlins, of course, is when Phoebe Cates takes off her top and then uh, walks in on Brad in the bathroom. No, no, no. <laughs> that should happen. You're that. thinking of Scrooge. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That should happen in every movie. Oh, yeah. I always have to... Uh, hey, any kids, you know, kids, let's just say right up front, there is a Santa. Santa exists. But I always, when my kids are watching uh, Gremlins, I always have to monitor it. One, they can't watch the scene where the mom, like, violently kills all the Gremlins in the kitchen. And two, they can't watch the scene where Phoebe Cates basically debunks uh, the notion of Santa Claus. Really? Yeah. I'm like, okay, that. we're skipping past... No, we never get to watch... Nope. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh Joe Dante was twisted. I totally forgot. I totally forgot about that. A really cool uh, um, um, interview uh, with Peter Billingsley. I interviewed Peter Billingsley from A Christmas Story, Ralphie. So if you want to go to TampaBay.com, you can check that that out. He's a cool guy. You know why he was cool? Like he was not. He was a huge child star in the seventies and eighties. You know. Um, I know we're going to do a show on paternity, the Burt Reynolds of course. movie. Two-parter. <laughs> Two-parter. Well, first, it's, first, well, there's a whole episode on just the music of paternity. <laughs> but he, but the cool thing about, um, cool thing about Peter Billingsley is that, uh, he said it was a totally different time in the 80s. It's like it was, it was pre-Macaulay Culkin where kids made kids salaries, you know, and adults made adult salaries. That's why all those kids from there, no one, you know, f- went off the deep end. But then as the 80s went on, you know, then you had your Macaulay Calkins, you had the Corys. They kind of lost it a bit. Well, a lot. 
I guess. So it was interesting. How come Billingsley didn't? How come he didn't go on beyond being a child star? Did he not have? Did he not have the interest in that? I mean, did he just kind of feel went like to school? Yeah, he got a little older. You know, he did Ruskies. I think that's an eighties. Dirt bike uh, kid. Dirt bike kid. And I told, oh, I gotta share this with everybody. So I get Billingsley on the phone and Spearsy. And you're not betraying your decade, but you love Couples Retreat. For some reason, yes. With Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, and Peter Billingsley directed Couples Retreat. Yes, he did. So I'm like, Peter, before we go any further, we're not even talking about Christmas Story yet. I'm like, the guy next to me, my buddy Steve Spears, loves Couples Retreat. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. He should have like a desk calendar, like a Couples Retreat you know, quote from. And so that got off to a good start. So uh, yeah. I could help. Yeah. You know uh, what else could help? The Saggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Um, I'll play a snippet of a movie from the 80s, and if you can guess it, we'll say your name. Unless the clip in question is so devilishly hard that only one person yeah. would get it right. Should I do all the voices? My gizmo voice? <laughs> Winners include. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's last show's mystery clip. You are a dead man. Do you know that? Yes, it's Iron Eagle. And how could people not get that? Because you're the only person who loves Iron Eagle. <sighs> if Iron Eagle's on TV, will you sit and watch the Did entire thing? Did they have a box set of them yet? <laughs> how many were there? I think there's four. Jeez, how many had Gossett Jr.? In All four. <laughs> um, but the cow who uh, plays the kid in the first one, I think he makes a cameo in the second, and I think he might come back all the way for the fourth. But the third, absolutely not. Crass. I think the third one is Assignment Miami Beach. <laughs> uh, you're thinking of the Police Academy movies. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Winners include... Mark Wilson in Colfax, Illinois. Bye, Billy. <laughs> Congratulations, Mark. Wait, wait. Wait, wait. Real, real quick, what are the uh, three rules? With uh, the gremlins. Oh, uh, don't feel them after midnight. That's the big one. That's what turns them into gremlins. And they, fill, they fool Billy. Uh... Uh, keep them on a bright light and don't get them wet. Right. Yeah. What's the wet thing do? I'll make some, uh, multiply. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had bad jokes in, in the store, but I'm going to save this. Thanks, Christmas. Yes. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Can I ask you something? You're all church going folk. I really want to ask you something. Do you think God knew what he was doing when he created woman? If you know it, email us at stuckinneasatempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a... <laughs> Billy Yum Yum. All right, I'll stop. I'm done. And now, our newest segment What Makes Spearsy Cry? I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Because here we are back where we were before. I'm embarrassed to say this segment has legs. Yes, America's fastest growing segment. What makes Spearsy cry? <laughs> and we have a couple of entries this week, and they're fantastic. You know, I got like 20 emails. About what I, makes I had Spearsy to pare it down to two. Some of them are, and, and one of them is this first one. The thing about what makes Spearsy cry is it's so much easier. To win that, because everything makes you cry. So it's far easier than a mystery movie moment and name that 80s tune. I you can say anything. Funyuns, yes. Last time I cried? Uh-huh. Last night. 
I was watching some stupid movie, Charlie St. Cloud. Oh, my God, with Zac Efron? Yeah. Waterworks, man. Just waterworks. It was sad. Oh, because he loses his brother or a sibling or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that the twist? I give it away? <laughs> no, that's the whole oh, premise okay. of the movie. You were sobbing? Yeah. I'm trying bad. to think last time I cried. Well, I, I welled up at something. Oh, I can't even tell you. Forget <laughs> it. Uh, okay. Our first entry in uh, What Makes Spearsy Cry is from Jesus Donkey. Our old pal Jesus Donkey. And Jesus Donkey said, I haven't read these actually yet, but I'm, I'm just imagining they're great. I would like to submit I'll Be Over You by Toto as a song that makes Spearsy cry. Some people live their dreams. Some people close their eyes. Some The way I see it, Steve is in the middle of a bridge crosswalk type place with his head buried in his arms, thinking about the love he's just lost. Just then, a cute freckle-faced kid walks up to him holding an ice cream cone. You gotta be okay, mister? Spearsy looks up, wipes the tears from his eyes, and looks at the kid. Spearsy kneels down to eye level on the kid and says, remember this, kid. You never know you're dating a whore. Uh, remember this, kid. You never know you're dating a whore until it's too late. Here's the gag. They're all whores. They're all whores. Oh, my God. Spearsy proceeds to knock the ice cream out of the kid's hand and walk away. Toto plays to fade. I think I'm pretty close. Your pal, Jesus talking. <laughs> wow. Our Christmas show just got really, really dark. dark. Yeah. Is um, that something you would say? No. 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 I... You're rather in love these days, yeah, my friend. Yeah, I am. And, and, and I, I don't know where Jesus Donkey's coming from on that. That's Twisted Jesus Donkey. About a, a Twisted Jesus Donkey. Um, a couple years ago, maybe that would have been you. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's the gag. That's, I love here's that the, word. Here's the gag. Here's the gag. I would never say that. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's find someone to brighten up what makes Spearsy cry. A bit. And, and look who it is. Carol Jansen. Our old friend, Carol Jansen. Yeah, we used to be a lot more lascivious on this show, Steve. We used to pick, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm blank. Sarah Hall, right? Is that yeah, name correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah Hall we had, and uh, um, who were some of our other She got married and doesn't listen to us anymore. Really? Yeah. She cut us off for good? I think so. Almost as if she was cheating on her husband. <gasps> yeah. Anyway, mm. Carol Jansen, the great, the incandescent, the beautiful Carol Jansen says, Hi, guys. Here are some of my favorite sad songs. The song by itself may not be sad. It is always the context of the time you hear it. So they may not have the same impact for everyone. Empty Garden by Elton John. Yes, about uh, John Lennon. Depeche Mode's Blasphemous Rumors. I can only take her word for it. Is that true? Is that sad, Spearsy? You don't know Blasphemous Rumors? No. Jesus. Jesus donkey. (laughs) Phil Collins against against all else. So take a look at me now, Spearsy. Uh, the Flame, Cheap Trick, Nothing in Common by the Thompson Twins, Hold On to the Night by Richard Marks, Living Inside Myself by Gina Vanelli, and Drive by the Cars. Surely one of those makes Spearsy cry. Love to Sean, Carol Jansen. Yes, one of them does. Are you ready to hear it? Yes. Just when I believed I couldn't ever want for more
this ever-changing world pushes me through another door. I saw you smile, and my mind could not erase the beauty of your face. Just for a while, won't you let me shelter you? Hold on to the night. Hold on to the memory. Wish that I could give you some. Aha, we have another winner of What Makes Spearsy Cry. Richard Marks, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get you yeah. every time. There he's, you go. He's an old softie. I love What Makes Spearsy Cry. Don't be left out. Send in your entries, your best guesses. Yes. What Makes Spearsy <laughs> Cry. Ah, by the sound of the mystical refrain, it must be time for Name That 80s Tune. Our signature event. You sound really sad about it. <laughs> it's Sir <laughs> <so> Richard Marks. <laughs> do do uh do Richard Marks as uh, as a gremlin. Hold on to the night, Billy. <laughs> Billy, my Billy. <laughs> uh, I'll play a snippet of a song from the eighties, and if you can get it right, uh, you know, Sean Daly will do his thing. <laughs> His thing. <laughs> thing. Oh, pay attention. Here was last show's mystery tune. How fortuitous. That's Foolish Heart by Mr. Steve Perry. So uh, tell us a little, um, a little follow-up. The outpouring of praise and interest in Steve Perry does it far surpass anything you've ever been involved in? Yep. Still getting letters. One Still a day you get. At least one. Yeah. For a while there, it was probably ten a day. You have a big gig tonight. You're talking to a college class from uh, halfway across the country. Bowling Green. Yeah. There you go. Everybody wants to know how it happened. And it was like a podcast and a story, and it was on Facebook and Twitter. It blew up. It blew up on social networking. It's fun. It was a fun interview. It was it was fun that people connected to it. I'm happy that people. I'm glad I didn't oversell it. And uh, <laughs> you totally oversold it, but in a good way. Well, you know what I mean. It was. It lived up to a hype. It, it, I, I'll give you that. I'll, it totally lived up to its hype. But yeah, you sold the <laughs> out of that thing. <laughs> Have you heard from Mr. Perry? No, no. He's I wonder the, if you will. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I just mailed him a copy of the story oh, just good. yesterday. Yeah. So Carpet we'll bomb that stuff, man. <laughs> I, it makes it it makes it troublesome though because like we said it's really hard to like, you know, who, who's the next person we're going to interview? Are they yeah. going to be as interesting? You know, as you know, no one's going to be. But we'll see. But you took away oh, all uh, my yeah. like wooing power. But I just talked to a roadie uh, with Kasha Gugu, so I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. about that. We'll have that next week. I hope that gets picked up. Anyway, we had thousands and thousands of uh, winners this week. Steve, would you like to hear them? I'm not going to do the gizmo voice. No, you're because you're going to throw your voice I, yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm sure it puts a strain. 
Uh, winners include Britain, Denver, Monica, and Olympia, whose crappy satellite ISP necessitates driving to the nearest McDonald's to download her podcast, typically making her too late to email the answers to the mystery clips. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Padre Paul, Dan Vey, Derek Taylor, Jesus Donkey. A little too much Jesus Donkey in this show, I yeah. think. We're going to have to put a little more to Here's the on gag. That. We're <laughs> never going to read his name again. <laughs> Here's the gag is great. I can see like it's cold. You're like a trench coat smoking a cigarette. But here's the gag, kid. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Joe in Athens is also a winner. A-Rod, Paul from Return to the 80s. Brett Lawson of GiantGummyBears.com. Is that really something? Have you been yeah. to GiantGummyBears.com? That'd be a great Christmas gift. Yeah. Just a giant gummy bear. That's it. With the- <laughs> Huge, like human size. <laughs> um, Dave from Toledo. <laughs> and Shazam from St. Louis. Bye, Shazam. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> I, I, I can't. It's so I simple. Mean, <laughs> it is it's so, so simple. simple. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at stuckies at tempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Remember that? The Gizmo song? Oh my god. <laughs> That's creepy. You've seen that movie way too oh, much. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. Do you like the one time, the one scene where Phoebe Cates is laying out by the pool? <laughs> and Stripe? <laughs> she starts making that with Stripe? Yeah. <laughs> I god, love that I scene. Love, what a great movie. Oh, are we exchanging gifts this holiday season, Steve? I'm going to give you the gift of friendship. How about that? I'll give it right back to you. <laughs> no, we're going to make a, we're going to make a treat though for our newsroom friends. Oh, we are. We are. Tell them about our treat. Sean and Steve's crab fluffs. <laughs> Charm City crab fluffs. Yeah, we we haven't talked about this been so long. So I um I had to go to somebody's uh, house for uh, my girlfriend's mom's house for Thanksgiving, so I wanted to bring a dish. And in my family, you know, we're we're kind of from Baltimore, so I wanted to bring these crab fluffs that have crab meat and old English cheddar cheese that comes in this old dusty jar yeah. from like 1970, and English muffins, and you know, and so I'm I'm getting the recipe from my mom on the phone at work, and all of a sudden, I hear Spears after I hang up the phone. You're like, hey. What are you making there? Because you're you're kind of a foodie, you know. Sure, yeah. But you're a foodie, but you love the really salty. Yeah, cheesy. If it's a processed just, cheese foodie. <laughs> old English cheddar. It's like below Velveeta. Velveeta is like brie compared to old English cheddar. So you're like, uh, so you say, you know, I think I'm going to make them too. And I'm like, great, great. So we both go to separate uh, Thanksgiving feasts, and we wind up ruining. The kind of the meal for everybody because these little Sean and Steve's Charm City crab fluffs, which we will provide you the recipe if you like, make you so incredibly full, don't they? Oh yeah, they're like it's butter, cheese, and crab <laughs> on an English muffin. Yeah, which is so exo- you know um, absorbent, absorbent. Yeah, um, and so everyone's like, no one wants to eat there because they've uh, eaten like two of my crab fluffs, but they're del- are they not delicious? Oh yeah. Versus so salty. salty. It's like a blue collar Baltimore snack. Um, Steve and I are available to come cater your party. People will like stomach aches, but the first couple of bites, you're like, "Oh, this is delicious." Then you're like, "What have I done?" <laughs> you know, it's funny. They don't keep it all because I had a whole bag. I had <laughs> that a- sounds like the beginning of a really bad story. Let me tell you, <laughs> they don't keep it all. I found that out the hard bag. way. I had a bag of them that were left over. Uh, from from our party, and I tried to eat them the next day. And oh, were they bad? Was it rancid? It just 
Because then it just, I can't describe it. Let's just say, remember the hot dog episode of Stuck in the 80s where we had the sharp pains afterwards? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. They, wow. Say no more. <laughs> oh, man. Crab. Crab does not And yet we have decided to make them for the entire the St. Petersburg Times. It's probably short-sighted on our part. <laughs> Let's remember to take the next day off just to be on the safe side, okay? Oh, man. Well, as always, we enjoyed doing the holiday shows. I um, loved it. You know what? Just take this show and enjoy it. It's like a nice, fun gift. <laughs> Gather the family around the hearth and see, you know, give Bing Crosby a rest and put on Stuck in the 80s and let us ring in Christmas with right. you. Put on Gremlins and enjoy the scene <laughs> where Billy goes to work at All-American Burger. <laughs> the shoes. <laughs> Shit. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, Sean Daly and myself will remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes.